Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circa Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw. Big show today. Former Clemson and Tulane head coach Tommy Bowden going to join the show today. Very excited to ask him about not only the race in the ACC, but the college football playoff picture. Amal. Yeah, I'd love to get his take. Obviously, he's had a ton of experience and success in college football. Love to see what his perspective is. All right. Uh, Monday Night Football, another good result for the books, I think. It's uh, uh, a good Saturday for the books, good Sunday for the books, and for uh, and for many books, a good night last night. Chiefs win, yeah. but don't cover. Right. In fact, they were uh, – how comfortable with you with your survivor pick? At any point, did you think you were in real trouble? Honestly, I – so the people uh, – a couple of friends texted me. Your guy E texted me. <laughs> They were all sweating. Honestly, I didn't even, I barely watched the game. I did never did I ever think that the Giants were going to win that game. There's certain yeah. you know, a friend of mine told me something about teams and winning, and it, this was a great point he made years ago. He goes, "Pedigree matters. Teams that know how to win close out games. The Giants don't know how to close out games. Daniel Jones taking a sack with about a minute to go. Dude, throw the ball into I don't care if you throw it into the wherever, just throw it to the sideline somewhere. Get rid of the football." Eats the football at a critical time. Can Joe Judge get his guys to stop jumping offside on critical plays as well? I mean, it's inexcusable. So I have a question for you. I had a discussion right. about this this morning and also yesterday. They were saying, I saw the tail end of the game, the fourth quarter. Mahomes throws the pick on that play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he argued that, hey, if he knew it was an offside, he would have thrown it deep. I said, listen, he just threw it up for grabs. I said, he knew it was an offside. He sees the flag. They throw the flag up to the second story mm-hmm. building, okay? Yeah. You can see it. So that's my, my point that he knew. Otherwise, I don't believe he throws the ball. Yeah. He might have thrown it somewhere else and been out picked off. Yeah. That, that happens a lot. This, year. this offense is not what it used to be, obviously, for the Chiefs, at least in terms of efficiency. I don't know why they're so impatient, though. On that second touchdown drive, they just ran the ball right down the field. They mixed the pass in a little, but they, that, they can't be content to do that. I, I didn't see that, but so, yeah. so they just, they, they have, they yeah, just run, ran. Run, okay. eight yards a pop, six yards, eight yards. They just ran it right down their throats. Wow, and they but they'll they be too impatient. The, the next time they get the ball, three two incompletions, a short pass, and a punt. I remember uh, uh, seeing a stat. I, it was it said uh, somewhere the Chiefs they I think they lead the league in terms of passing compared to rushing ratio or something yeah. like that. It's like Andy Reid is oh, this has always been a problem that's plagued him when he was in Philadelphia and is still carried over to uh, Kansas City. And what's the problem now is you got a better quarterback than you had in Donovan McNabb and Patrick Mahomes. Final score twenty to seventeen. Chiefs get the win. They don't cover, and the game way under. I thought I thought there would be more points in this game. I, I thought the Giants would get to, to 24. Not only did they not get to 24, the Chiefs didn't get anywhere close to covering. The Chiefs, of course, today, the NFL trade deadline, the Chiefs did acquire Melvin Ingram for the Steelers for a sixth-round pick next year. 
Yeah, I remember he was disgruntled because he wasn't playing there in Pittsburgh, so he ends up moving on. This is a benefit to both sides. You know, he should fit in just as well with Kansas City. Nobody really plays defensive there, so he should groove right into that situation. Uh, any other trades that you see on the horizon here on the trade deadline? I still think the Titans are going to try to reach out and get somebody other than Adrian Peterson at the running back position. My, my first question is, what are you bringing in Adrian Peterson for? I mean, listen, if we're looking to relive some of the great glory days between 2003 and 2015, fine. But other than that, what's the point? Broncos just uh, um, involved in the deal with the Rams um, for Von Miller. I'm thinking uh, Melvin Gordon might be on the trading block there, and he might be a good landing spot for the Titans. Absolutely right. I, that would be a great addition for them. You, don't, you Look, you're never going to be able to replace Henry. Henry is the best yeah. running back in the NFL. By the way, uh, one thing the Rams definitely should do is they should be a very happy and fortunate Halloween has passed because uh, with Von Miller throwing Halloween parties and trying to pass off the bill to other teammates. I don't know if people are aware. This was the probably this was the instigator in the trade. It's amazing, isn't it? Go ahead, tell the story. Yeah, for people that are unaware, Von Miller throws a Halloween party, spends uh, six figures, and he expects some of the teammates who attend to pay, foot the bill. By the way, he's on a ninety million dollar contract. That's besides the point. It gets so bad that Vic Fangio and the general manager had to step in because Von Miller threatened to ruin the locker room. So they said, you know what? We're not going anywhere. Let's get rid of him. And you can go pop mollies in L.A. People are a little bit petty about some things. All right, it's Tuesday, so let's play our game of three up and three down. Three teams that we upgraded in their power ratings over the weekend and three teams they downgraded. Starting on the upside, Amal, you and I have two of the same, the Cowboys and the Saints. Well, look, let's start with Dallas. I thought arguably the best win the Cowboys have had all year simply because you were doing it with a backup quarterback. No Dak Prescott in there. Cooper Rush comes in there and delivers in a clutch situation. You know, Zeke has been kind of downgraded the last year and a half. He has the critical play in that game where he uh, forces through and gets the first down on third down. Then they hit uh, Amari Cooper for the touchdown pass. Give Dallas a lot of credit. Mike, this defense has looked terrific for this team. I was really impressed. Even if Dak had been there, I think this is a good win on the road against a quality team. Might be a playoff team in the NFC. But without the quarterback, this is a shot in the arm they needed where they said their defense carried them for a game. 100%. Remember, they gave up the seven points in the opening drive. After that, they limited the Vikings to nine points for about 55 minutes of that game. Uh, Usually it's the opposite way. Uh, (laughs) Zimmer kicks field goals the first three quarters and then goes for a touchdown. Um, seven and zero against the spread, the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The one thing I don't like about those types of ATS numbers mm-hmm. is twofold. One, we see with Kansas City, we see with the Cowboys, uh, different effects. Kansas City gets so overvalued, right? Like it's when Bama doesn't cover forty-five, they're like, oh, they didn't cover. You know what? They were laying forty-five. Nick Saban doesn't care. You know what the goal when you're playing a game like that to get out of there injury-free? And it's the same thing with the Cowboys. They're being undervalued. This line swung in a, where they went from a favorite position with Dak to being a dog there. And I think coming into the season, people didn't realize how good they were going to be. Kansas City continues to be double-digit favorites against everybody. doesn't matter who they're playing. So I think sometimes the ATS numbers are skewed a little bit. Um, the team you have on there that I don't have on there is the, is the Patriots. Uh, I have the Packers. Go ahead. Speak to the Patriots. The Patriots now, all of a sudden, if you look at the AFC standings, the Indianapolis Colts, Mike, are in 11th place in that league. With the weakness in that division of Miami – and, of course, still uh, the Jets in that division. Now, they've beaten the Jets twice already. Buffalo, obviously, is going to win this division. New England's got a chance now to make the wild card. Things are trending up. Mac Jones and company getting a great road win. They had that blowout win over the Jets. But then can you answer the bell in the road on the road in Los Angeles? They did exactly that. I thought that was a terrific win for them in terms of confidence building and moving forward because the Chargers, you know, are good offensively. Uh, defensively, they have a lot of question marks, but really bodes well for New England going forward. I thought the Packers winning that game Thursday night against the only undefeated team at the at that time, Arizona, without three wide receivers yeah. and doing it the way they did. Four drives of 10 or more plays, running the football. There's nobody better at manipulating a game and pace of a game in the last decade in the NFL than Aaron Rodgers. I, for me, it would almost go to all time. Yeah. I've never seen anybody better. You know, I was going to ask you real quick. Is there any particular player, for me, my favorite player to watch, I don't have a real favorite player, but Aaron Rodgers, without question, is the player I love watching more than anyone else. He's just unbelievable in terms of seeing everything and is such a cerebral read on what's going on all the time. I would agree with that. Now, I would say growing up, even though I was a Cowboy fan, watching Joe Montana and the 49ers offense, though, just the way they executed that offense with with Bill Walsh. I got to throw in one (laughs) quick thing. Still, one of my favorite memories was in 94, the game in Kansas City, where Montana leads the Chiefs back, excuse me, in Denver, where Mm -hmm. he leads the Chiefs back against the Broncos. Elway goes down and does his thing, and then I think it was Willie Davis in the corner, and they win the game. It was unbelievable. Something seeing Montana in all white. All (laughs) white uniforms with the the red letters. All right, on the downside, we agree on two. 
Chargers and Browns. Um, so your your Chargers also went along with the Patriots in that. I tried to not pick two teams from the same game up and down. I put the Chargers as my number one. I'm really disappointed in them. I, I the, This team is really now left scratching their heads. By the way, do you want Anthony Lynn back? Maybe he couldn't manage the oh, clock. If he hired somebody no. like me, they'd still be better. The Brady Stanley's team doesn't play defense. They're allergic to it. There, there's nothing special about them on defense at all. Special? You're implying or suggesting they might be competent. I don't see any competency there. I thought they were good enough to get the teams off the field enough times with that offense to, to win a division. I'm not there now. Maybe we're under over overselling the fact in our rating of them that they get any home games. I mean, these games are at least half visiting teams fans at SoFi uh, when the Chargers play. I, I can appreciate what mm-hmm. you're saying, and you're correct, yeah. right? When the 49ers come to town, it's going to be a, a bunch of Patriots. Even the Patriots well, this week. Listen, when you, whenever you go anywhere with New York teams, yeah. Chicago teams, or Boston teams, there's yeah. an abundance of fans. So that's always to be expected. But I just have a lot of question marks about this team moving forward. They're in a, in a division right now, I think that's completely up for grabs. It's, it's there for the taking. Uh, we both had the Browns. I'm, I'm done with the Browns. If, if Baker Mayfield's going to be the quarterback, I think they have a better chance to make the playoffs with Case Keenum, and I'm serious about that. Uh, I tell you what, for me, I overrated Baker. I thought he was better than he was. I remember Femi and I, I thought I, he was average, and I'm wrong. <laughs> Femi and I had a discussion about it. He said Kirk Cousins is better, and I, I was like, no way. I, I just have this. You hate Kirk Yeah, Cousins. I really do. I, I just hey, He's a good guy, but i just not a fan of his play. But I have to concede he's better than Baker. When you look at this Browns team, Mike, they've got to run the football. That's where you've got to concentrate if you're the Cleveland Browns. And I don't know if Baker is tall enough to see over the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, your third uh, down team was the Colts. Mike, the game they lose, that was so catastrophic. Carson Wentz screwed up so badly that I don't know if this team can rebound at any point in time. Because now, as I mentioned earlier, they're 11th out of 16 teams in the AFC. You're looking up at the entire AFC North, two teams in the AFC East, three teams in the AFC West, and then, of course, Tennessee in your own division. How are they getting into the postseason? And now they're virtually eliminated for playoff contention. I have never seen a team win the division in week eight of the season. The Tennessee Titans have won the division. Even the Cowboys don't have the division wrapped up yet because they got to still face these teams. They've beaten Indianapolis twice. Yeah, and essentially have a four-game lead over them. Indianapolis in the back half of the schedule has to be four games better than Tennessee to win that division. And I don't think any wild card is coming out of that division. Um, Imagine coming into this weekend if uh, we find out Henry is out for the year, which he is, Mm -hmm. and you get the win if you're the Colts. Now you're like, hey, wait a minute. We We, got a chance. We might be the favorite here. Exactly. Okay, and then my team was the Lions. Look, I said, what, three, four weeks ago that of those bottom five teams, the Lions were definitely the best. I can't say that anymore. I mean, I know they told, pulled out all the tricks out of their trick bag against the Rams, and they all worked, and they still lost. This is the performance against the Philadelphia Eagles at home. I mean, just getting utterly shellacked, getting dominated in every phase of the game. I know golf is bad, but, and they've had injuries, but I don't know. Where's their win going to come from this year? At home against the Bears on Thanksgiving? They, we posted this, I think, at 20-1 to 1, uh, four weeks ago that the Lions would go 0-17. I think it's down to like 5-1 to 1 now. Yeah, th- this team is just so bad. And, you know, I'm mad at myself because I took the Lions this weekend. Mike, I should have realized that emotionally they weren't going to be engaged in this one. What would you make on a neutral right now? Davis Mills led Texans against the Lions. A Lions still the favorite. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Two? Sure. Two and no. a half? Three, three and a half. Three and we, a half. I've seen Davis Mills play. Coming up next, we got Tommy Bowden. Odds on. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This segment of Odds On is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, Amal. No more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, and still Amal's favorite, Citrus. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strings so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com f-i-n-d. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. I'm Mike Palm. He is Amal Shaw, and at this time, it is our pleasure to welcome in, for the very first time, former Tulane and Clemson head coach Tommy Bowden. Welcome in, Coach Bowden. Good afternoon. At least it's afternoon where I am. Yeah, it's afternoon. We're, we're late morning here. Uh, coach, tell me about Wake Forest. Is Wake Forest good enough to run the table in the ACC, win the championship, and if they do, do they have a shot at the playoff? I think they're good enough to run the table. I don't think they'll make it in the playoffs simply because of strength of schedule. The amazing thing about Wake Forest, they've got four games left. None of the four games are, are you know, playing a, clo- a team that's close to the top 25, and they're underdogs in three of them, including this weekend versus North Carolina, the underdog Clemson, underdog versus NC State. They'll be favored, I think, in their last game against Boston College. Coach, you've had a tremendous amount of success wherever you've been in coaching. You know, the one thing I kind of I just realized recently watching a lot of these games, it seems like the lifeblood of every program. You have great coaches, whether in OC or DC, but it's the recruiting. And I heard Kirby Smart make a comment this week, and he said, I'm recruiting constantly, or recruiting all the time, whereas Dan Mullen didn't kind of sign up for that statement. When you had success, how imperative and how engaged are you constantly around the year in terms of recruiting, in terms of getting your program to where you want it to be? That's what's going to kill most head coaches and assistant coaches in college. Recruiting now is 24-7. It used to be a little more seasonal. where We're on the back burner during the season, but now with the early signing date and official visits during the season, it is 24-7. But uh, there, there's no doubt. Toward the end of my career, I said, listen, uh, some of my coaches are a little bit older. I said, I better go hire me some young guys that can recruit. And uh, recruiting, no doubt, is the name of the game. And Kirby Smart hit the nail on the head and probably digging it in a little bit to Mullen because he knew he's getting a lot of criticism. We're speaking with Coach Tommy Bowden. Had that undefeated season with Tulane in 1998, 12-0, a top-10 finish, two-time ACC Coach of the Year as well at Clemson. Coach, your associate head coach, Dabo Sweeney, took over for you uh, when you left Clemson. Some would argue that he did a good job with the program and had brought it to new levels. 
down year for them right now to the standards that they had risen to in the last half decade. How long will it take before Clemson is back in a national championship contender? Well, uh, they have the they have the opportunity to do it next year because he is recruiting so well. If you go back and look at his recruiting classes and uh, top five, top, uh, at least in the top ten, the talent is there. He's had unusual injuries, got an inexperienced quarterback that's having difficulties, but they could because the conference, the conference is not as strong as some of the others, be a, a national playoff contender next year, I, I think very easily. Yeah, you're absolutely right. What this team's been able to do, there's been a lot of criticism of uh, Tony Elliott, the offensive coordinator there at Clemson. Coach, when you have an assistant coach, it's not only are they just a member of your staff, but you have an affinity, you have a relationship with these people. How difficult can it be when you've had previous success with someone, whether at the offensive or defensive coordinator, or maybe a position coach, to make a change? Because the reality of it is you're not only uh, potentially firing a coach or letting them go, but it's really a relationship that you're, uh, you're kind of terminating as well to a certain extent. Well, exactly. Now, Tony Elliott played for me uh, as a wide receiver. But my wide receiver coach was Dabo Sweeney. So Dabo actually coached Tony. Tony's track record, unbelievable as a play caller. Uh, Dabo really had no experience. He had never been offensive coordinator, didn't have any play caller experience. So when Chad Morris left, uh, at that time, Jeff Scott and Tony Elliott, mostly Tony Elliott, was the primary play caller. So this, I don't think it's a merited decision this soon, but it's one that Dabo, I'm sure, uh, is getting tremendous pressure from his fan base to to take a, at least take a look at the right. difficult decision, especially when you've coached him like he has. Coach, I know Clemson's had some great quarterbacks, Taj Boyd, and then, of course, Deshaun and uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I still contend the greatest athlete I've ever seen play at Clemson was a guy you had, Woodrow Dantzler at quarterback. I, I have never <laughs> seen a better athlete in my life at quarterback. Now, you know, that's when offenses, we, we were kind of on the cutting edge with a, with a no-huddle, uh, fast-paced offense spread. Uh, Woody Dantzler had running skills. Rich Rodriguez was the offensive coordinator at that time. We had Sean King at Tulane and experimented a little bit. But the first quarterback in history, amazing you brought him up, to rush for a uh, rush for a thousand and throw for two thousand was Woody Dantzler, uh, unheard of at that time. And I appreciate you mentioning him because he was he was the initiator of it all. But a great great athlete. Coach Bowden, something that puzzles me is the state of college football in Florida. I mean, at Florida State, we think about your dad and that unprecedented run of top four finishes, and then even Jimbo Fisher winning a national title there. Of course, Steve Spurrier and Urban Meyer, what they did at the University of Florida, and then the list of coaches from Schnellenberger to Jimmy Johnson to Erickson to Coker at the U and what they've done. Why are all three schools down right now? You know, they just, they've, you know, the coaches they've chosen have really struggling now. A guy like Mike Norville coming in, COVID, no spring ball, really throws them back. Uh, their talent level is down, but not as down as bad as a result that really Taggart and Mike has had initially. But, uh, you know, there, it, it is not the availability of talent. Probably some bad evaluations in the recruiting process because they surely have the availability of players and probably some bad decisions on staff hirings. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator didn't get results. And, the, and the, the leash is very short at those three schools because the standards that you just mentioned. So you don't get a lot of time, but there's no reason for them to be, for them to be down because that state supports those three, plus South Florida and Central Florida, who have both been really successful at times. So talent to support five programs, but those three have really been disappointing. But it's, I think, just bad decision with coaches and then uh, bad evaluation of talent. I love your summation of what's going on in the state of Florida there. Coach, a lot of pressure on coaches to win immediately. We saw Gene Chizik at Auburn get fired after winning a national championship. Similar situation with Ed Orgeron now at LSU. Has the pressure to win become so great because of the economic impact that a football program can have like we've seen at Alabama? Going back to Virginia Tech when Michael Vick was there, they make it to a national championship game. The next year, donations increase 7x over the previous year. It just seems like the pressure is mounting with the salaries escalating as well. When they say it's not the money, it's the money. <laughs> if you want to make money, you got to you got to spend money, and that's what the SEC does. Unfortunately, those two teams, the school, the, the players, the coaches you just mentioned, Chizik and Orgeron, the standard in the SEC is so high because of Nick Saban. You can throw in uh, Mark Rick, a very successful coach, along with those that you mentioned. Uh, 
the year that I uh, I went nine and four at Clemson, opened up with Alabama, lost the game. Philip Former lost the game that year. Tommy Tuberville lost the game. Those two had won national championships, and all three of us at the end of the year were gone simply because the standard I think that Nick Saban had set. So that's an unusual conference, but I think it says it's a microcosm of the whole uh, climate and landscape of college football, but nowhere more pressure than the SEC because of Nick Saban. Coach, I want to ask you about cultural fits and how important it is for a coach coming into a program. For example, Auburn goes out and hires Brian Harson, who comes from Boise State, comes from west of the Mississippi, not an SEC guy. The USC job's open. They're talking about guys that need to be able to do well in Hollywood and in that atmosphere. How much of it is culture important in a coach being successful, or does it not matter at all? I, you hear that a lot. I don't think it matters, and I can give you some really, really good examples. Nick Saban was a Northeast guy, came from Michigan State, had uh, head coach in the MAC, was at West Virginia, Syracuse. No ties to LSU, no ties to the high school coaches, no ties to that culture, went down there and won a national championship. Miami, after Albert Snellenberg, they went and hired a guy named Jimmy Johnson from Oklahoma State, Midwest background, no, no, no identity to the Miami culture, national championship their next hire even further away dennis erickson 2500 miles away from washington so i don't agree with that if a guy can coach he can coach and uh so you hear something that maybe luke fickle fickle might not be a fickle might not be a fit at lsu no he'll be a fit. he'll be a fit he's a football coach and i think that's more important than anything other than the culture I think the culture is over-exaggerated a little bit. Coach, we got 30 seconds. I'll take you out with this. Possible SEC title game, Alabama-Georgia. Who wins out, Nick's offense or Kirby's defense? I think this year, uh, defense still wins championships. I think Nick Saban would agree with that. Georgia's offense is getting better. So I, I would pick Georgia at this point in time. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it, Coach. Terrific stuff. Hey, have a good weekend. Thank, Thank you. you, Coach. Thank you. All right. Up next, we're going to talk about Would You Rather. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Midseason Football Special is here. For only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on vcin.com, and the upcoming college hoops guide from the Greg Peterson experience. This is a great deal at only $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into Odds On. He is Amal Shaw. I'm Mike Palm. That was terrific. Oh, that was oh. awesome. I, I loved it. By the way, for anybody that can remember when Woody Dancer played at Clemson, he was unbelievable, Mike. I remember he came to the Cowboys uh, as a free agent signing. Yeah. And I just remember talking to him one time, and I was like, this guy was so strong. You'd never seen a quarterback who was just absolutely that strong. It was unbelievable what an athlete he was. All right, our producer, Britton Hess, comes up with these would-you-rather for you. Which ticket would you rather have? He comes up with some great ones. They're very good ones. They're very good ones because they're always at uh, similar prices. All right, here's two tickets on teams to win the AFC. Would you rather have the Chiefs? At plus six fifty, or the Ravens at plus five fifty. Oh come on, that's not even a fair question. Ravens at plus. I got to tell Britton right now; it's his worst question ever. Not ever. <laughs> not ever. There's something that you you have a strong opinion on, so we already know the answer. Well, you know, as soon as you said the Chiefs, I was going to say the answer is no. It's whatever the other side is, but I was afraid you might throw Indianapolis in there. No, no, uh, no. But definitely the Ravens. It's not. Listen, Mike. After what I saw last night in the fourth quarter, a little bit of what I saw of the game. I don't know if this Kansas City team is going to be in the postseason. I think the Ravens are the second-best team in the AFC behind the Bills? Yes, I do. And I also think they'd go to Buffalo and win in the playoffs. I agree with you there as well. If Lamar can win a playoff game. That's always the big <laughs> well, if there. That's the big question mark. But I think Buffalo and Baltimore are capable of winning in any spot in the AFC on the road if necessary. Do you think Tennessee, if you have King Henry, can do it? No, no Derrick Henry? No, they can't. How about with Derrick Henry? Yes. I, I do, too. Yeah. I, and I think they're very well coached as well. Um, these are tickets to miss the playoffs. Miss the playoffs. Would you rather have the? Oh, I'm sorry. The Chiefs is to miss. Would you rather have the Chiefs to miss the playoffs plus one twenty five, 
or the Steelers to make the playoffs plus 125? Well, that's a great question. He makes up for it. <laughs> he uh, goes and totally redeems himself. Listen, I, I think it's a great question. I don't think the Steelers make the playoffs, but I don't think the Chiefs make it either. I think they're both sitting level at this point in time. Do you think one side is favoring over the other? Well, then you would take the Chiefs to miss it plus 125. Yeah, miss, uh, yeah exactly. Because the, yeah. Steelers, what's I, the I Steelers' price up to make? The same, plus 125, 125 or yeah. the Chiefs to miss is plus 125. I, I think the Chiefs are in real trouble. They look, there's a, there seems like there's just a little bit of disengagement. Yeah. Um, okay, the two, two leaders in the NFC, uh, would you rather have, you already have one of them, but not at this, um, at this lower price. Would you rather have the Rams to win the NFC or the Bucks to win the NFC? They're both plus 350. The Rams, because now with the, uh, the second loss by the Buccaneers, yep. now they, they're two games behind the Rams. Packers to win the NFC at plus 500 or the Cardinals at plus 550? Oh, uh, come on. Packers. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Yes. All right. The Saints to miss the playoffs at plus 350. Wow, they're that heavy of a favorite to make it now. Saints to miss the playoffs at plus 350 or the Eagles to make the playoffs at plus $4? Um, I would rather have... so Saints to miss play. or Eagles to make? Eagle, Eagle, well, hold on a minute. I, I got to understand this question. I'm a little confused here. So yeah, if I'll they, say it a fourth time. No, just listen to me for a second. So what's the bet on it? Make it the Saints are going the Saints are making the playoffs. All right. Do you want what has a greater likelihood of happening that the Saints miss the playoffs? No, no, or the, the Eagles, Eagles make Eagles the make the playoffs. Sorry, I got really? a little confused on your question. Yeah, absolutely. Saints are in. They're five and two. The rest of the NFC outside of the top seven is terrible. Outside of the you top think six, Simeon's leading them to the promised land. No, but they have the best play caller in the NFL who adjusts. And you know what? They just brought in Marcus Mariota on a trade. They will use in some situational spots where you say, "Wow, this guy can play," and then you realize, "No, it's I Sean hope, Payton." I hope you're right because forty to one for Coach of the Year is very live. With what's going on there in New Orleans yeah, right now, yeah. he's absolutely got to be a contender. Okay. All right, this is the question again. NFC or AFC to win the Super Bowl? The NFC now takes favoritism. It was a pick last week. NFC is now minus 115, AFC minus 105. I'll take the NFC. Okay. By, by the way, if that was a test question, the previous question, five people would have gone to the professor complaining. <laughs> um, would the Bills be favored against the Packers and cow- or Cowboys if they, that was the Super Bowl matchup? Against the Cowboys or Packers, if that was a Super Bowl match. I don't yes. think they're favored over the Bucks or Rams. I would agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're completely a favorite over Green Bay. But, I, but I, we don't know what's going to happen out. But today, I think it's, obviously, it's a very small number. Oh, yeah, yeah. Games, right? yeah. You're talking one or two no, here or there. Yeah. Um, Raiders to make the playoffs, minus 150, or Steelers to miss the playoffs, minus 150? Uh, Steelers to miss at minus 150. Browns to make the playoffs plus 110 or Bengals to miss the playoffs plus 105? Uh, Bengals to miss at plus 105. Steelers or at, to win the AFC North at plus 650 or Browns to win the AFC North at plus 650? Come on, the Brownies. Okay. The Ravens to win the AFC North at minus 145 or the Cardinals to win the NFC West at minus 120? Is this a joke? Ravens. The Ravens, of course. Come on. <laughs> You're not getting off your Rams place. Well, first of all, why would I? I? I, They're they're winning this thing. I know. Going into the year, you made your bets on the Rams. We're eight weeks in, seven weeks in. Um, You feel better about the bets or the same? The same. Yeah. um, I like the acquisition of Von Miller. Mm -hmm. The other thing is when you look at this Rams team, the schedule, it has been an absolute godsend. I mean, look well, at the teams. I think you have to feel good about the 49ers not being any good. That that's a good factor right. for the Rams. Well, right? remember they're going to get Kittle back. They'll be healthier. Um, they've they've been banged up a little bit. I'm not concerned about San Francisco from a big picture perspective in terms of chasing down the Rams. Uh, Arizona is the team you have to contend with right now. And remember, there's still a return trip to uh, Glendale, so we'll see how that one plays out. But Mike, they get Tennessee this weekend. No Derrick Henry. Talk about a great. You know, if Derrick Henry's playing, changes the whole dynamic how you look at that matchup. The Patriots to make the playoffs at plus 115 or the Steelers to make the playoffs at plus 125? The uh, Patriots to make the playoffs. Bengals to win the AFC North at plus 350 or the Saints to win the NFC South at plus $3? Uh, the Saints to win the NFC South because the, it's, a two division, it's a two-team race in that division. And on top of it, I just don't think the Bengals are at that level. I still think the Saints are a team whose defense doesn't get enough recognition of what they've been able to accomplish. 
it's it's you know Drew Brees had a, a kind of descended very quickly for a number of years. It never got talked about because of how good the defense had been. The Cardinals to win the NFC at plus five fifty, or the Chiefs to win the AFC at plus six fifty. Uh the Cardinals to win the NFC. They're one of two teams on the uh, in terms of uh, I'm sorry, not one of two teams, but to win the conference. They're they're much more viable. Kansas City's got to get in the playoffs. How do you win the conference without winning, getting in the playoffs? Yeah, I just don't think with that defense that you can you can trust them for much, unless you're playing Daniel Jones. Saints to win the NFC at plus three dollars. NFC South at plus three dollars, or the Raiders to win the AFC West at plus two seventy five. Raiders plus two seventy five. I think the Raiders should be favored to win the division. I, I do now. Point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, but uh, if uh, there is some news here yeah. that's breaking. Henry Ruggs. Uh, was involved in a in an accident early this morning here in Las Vegas that he is uh, purported to be the cause of that it didn't involve the death of another individual in another car so uh, he is stable in the hospital but more to come on whether he's going to be able to play at all or be free at all for a while yeah very very unfortunate situation regardless of yeah. what transpires yes Chargers to win the AFC West at plus one forty or Chiefs to win the AFC West at plus one ninety oh God that's a good question I. Look, I don't have any faith in the Chiefs, but what the Chargers have shown me the last couple of weeks, how can you start backing this team? I like Herbert, but Mike, it seems like they're on a downhill trajectory, and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get off this slope. I'll go, I'll go with Kansas City here, even though I don't believe they're going to make the playoffs. I think both these teams could be in serious peril. Because I, th- I still think the AFC North is getting three teams in. You still think the Browns are going to get in? Well... Because it's not the Steelers. It's, you don't no, think the Steelers I don't, I don't think the Steelers are going to make it. I, I think the Browns get in. But, you know, the Steelers have a pretty good couple of weeks coming up. they got the Bears and the Lions. Buccaneers over 12.5 wins, minus 165, or Cardinals over 12.5 wins, minus 165? That's a good question. Um, boy, I, Arizona's only got one loss. No, I would go with the Buccaneers. Even though they already, even well, be, though they have one extra loss already compared to the Cardinals? Well, because they get to play uh, Atlanta, Carolina again, and Atlanta and they get to play Carolina twice. Yeah, that's fair, but that's three games. Still got to play the other games, and you can only. But I look at the, games. the the games inside the Cardinals division as being much harder. That's fair. I, I, yeah, okay, that's fair. All right, uh, here both of these teams to make the playoffs at plus two twenty five. Which would you rather have, Vikings or Broncos? Uh, Vikings for me, not close. Yeah, it's not even it's, close. It's easy for me, Vikings. Over under wins for the Lions. You going over or under one and a half wins? Going under, way under, <laughs> and you get plus one hundred five on the under. Wow, minus one twenty five on the over. Eagles. Win totals a pick over under seven and a half. And a half. Uh, I'll stay with under. That's tough. I wouldn't make that bet because I don't I know, know what's going to happen against the Giants. Well, the Reds, you, well I'm going to tell you, I think the Giants can beat them. You think the Eagles can beat the Cowboys in Philadelphia? These I mean, division the, the games are, are tough. always tough. Absolutely. They always play them tough. It's a big rivalry. It's not a slam dunk based on how you would assume it would be. Uh, I, I think they'll give them a game. You know, give them credit. They went into Detroit and took care of business. That's exactly what you got to do against an opponent like that. Yeah. I'm not a. I, I'm not a. I don't think that anybody but the Cowboys comes out of the NFC East. I just don't see it happening. Well, we have three divisions that are kind of sewn up. Yeah. You know, the AFC South, AFC East, and the NFC East. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. All right, coming up, we're going to take a look at the World Series. Yeah, that's still playing. Game six in Houston tonight. Braves lead three two, and a little more college football talk after the break. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Odds on with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. Bet Rivers has you covered for the NFL season. They're offering same game parlays in all pro football matchups. They're bringing back their reduced the juice promotion on game days. And this NFL season, they have a $1 million beat the spread challenge. With thousands of dollars given away each week, pro football betting is more rewarding at Bet Rivers. Download the app or go to betrivers.com. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at playsugarhouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You know what the good news about Bet Rivers is this. All the states I did the reads for, your college football programs are losing, but you at least have a chance to win. Absolutely. You win fading them. Yeah, absolutely. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw. Amal, World Series... Uh, I didn't even know it's still going on, and I mean that. World Series uh, Game 6 tonight uh, from Minute Maid in Houston. Max Freed, who has struggled in the postseason after an excellent start at Miller Field in Milwaukee in the division series, against Louis Garcia, who has had seemed to rotate with good outing with bad outing tonight. Houston and Garcia, a 135 home favorite um, at DraftKings. You can get back 115 uh, on Max Freed, who's really the only real starting pitcher, actually, that you would call a guy that would put in 25, 30 starts, 35 starts a year, left in the series. Atlanta up 3-2 here in this spot. Amal, the total is 9, shaded to the under, minus 120. 120, first 5, 4 and a half, shaded to the over, minus 120. Do you have a lean on this game and or will you be watching it? Uh, I do have a lean on this game. I will not be watching it. There's Maction on tonight. Uh it sure is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I think Atlanta's in trouble here. You know, blowing that 4 nothing lead at home, you have a chance to close out the series. Now you got to come back to Houston. And don't you feel like if you're Atlanta, you have to win tonight with Freed on the mound? Otherwise, you go into Game 7. Astros are going to have all the momentum in the world. You can get the Astros at plus one, 190 on a series price right now to win both games here. Forget at home. that. Just take them on the run line tonight, minus one or run and a half plus well, 150. You like it. You like the plus 150. Here. I just like the plus 150 going against Freed. I didn't touch this game, so I, I don't want to sit there and say it like you know, I made a play, but um, I, I, didn't, I didn't touch the baseball game. I, I got to tell you, I'm so immersed in football. I, you know, by the way, Mikey, I've gotten back into uh, NBA. And I'm telling you, there are some great spots in the association if you sit around every night. Last night, I got the Bulls plus 12.5 and 15.5 and in game. And they, uh, end up, they won the game. They outscored them by like 80 in the fourth quarter. Or they were 20 to 1 in the third quarter to win the game outright. I didn't know what the score was, but I was going through end game. Yeah. I was going through end game, and, and, and they were like plus 1,500. And I said, boy, they must be getting killed. And then they I were. saw these. They won, and then on across the bottom it came. They outscored it by 28 in the fourth quarter. They started out the fourth quarter on a 19-4 to run. Are the Bulls a legitimate threat in the East? Absolutely. They are. They are a legitimate threat. Right now I'd go, by the way, if you're looking at this Bucks game tonight, 
Check see if Giannis is playing. Every single person on that team's on the injury list. Uh, Middleton's with COVID. Uh, Drew Holiday with the ankle. Uh, Brooke Lopez out as well. So many injuries to contend with right now with the Bucs. DiVincenzo's still out. But Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia, they get a win last night without Embiid in the lineup. Uh, laying only a point, point and a half at home against Portland. And then, of course, you've got also to take a look at the Milwaukee Bucks once they get healthy. I think the fact that they won the title last year has alleviated so much pressure from this team. And Giannis, to me, is, is an ideal superstar in that market. Like, he understands it. He gets that marketplace. People are passionate about their teams, whether it's the Badgers, whether it's the Packers, whether it's the Brew Crew, and, of course, now the Bucks. He's a star in that market like Robin Yount was. I like that right? comparison. Yeah, I would, That's who I would draw the comparison. He, he just gets it. He, he, his disposition, he understands what he means to the people of Milwaukee and the surrounding areas. How good are the Spurs? <laughs> not good. They will not make the playoff. Yeah, I hate to see it because I'm a big pop How long guy. How he hang on? You know, to borrow the Bill Burr line, I, one of my favorite comedians, it's hanging around like a jaded cop waiting on a pension. Uh, I don't know. You know, they're not going to fire him. Lady. You know, at some point in time, does, does he choose to move on? I don't know. But will the, that lady become the head coach when he leaves? Becky Hammond? Yes. There's a possibility. Or will she go another place? I think in San Antonio is probably the best yeah. place because they have such a great program in place. For people that are unaware, in the NBA circles, there's a nickname. It's called the San Antonio Mafia. Half the GMs in the NBA have come from the San Antonio Mafia. That means you were there under Pop and uh, under Buford. Buford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at some point in time, and you end up getting a GM job somewhere else. So I think it would be a, a pretty good landing spot. The other thing is, I think San Antonio has a way of doing things, and it's been highly successful. You know, everyone points to the Patriots, and I'm not taking anything away from New England. But to me, New England's won because they had a guy named Tom Brady. But in San Antonio, I think the way they've done things, the players they brought in kind of align with the city and their program. All right, let's get to the match. Yeah. Uh, three games tonight. Ball State uh, goes to Akron. Ball State laying 20.5 on the road with a total of 58.5 a mile. Yeah, the Zips have been absolutely <laughs> getting put in a body bag every night. I mean, this team has been bad, but they've covered a couple of games. This Ball State team, they can throw the ball effectively. That's one thing I think they'll be able to do against Akron. Akron is just bad from a turnover standpoint. Mike, they had 75 yards passing in a game last week. They had 200-something yards, uh, 220 yards or total. They had 18 or 19 first downs. I'm like, how do you get that many first downs? But 220 <laughs> 230 yards. I'm like... What are you doing here? <laughs> Seven for 14 on third It'll be down. a new stat, yards per first down, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yards per They'll point. They'll be leading the nation. Per... <laughs> They'll be leading the nation. This team is bad here. I, I just can't take Akron in 20 and a half. You normally would. By the way, if they give a real attendance, they won't show you any crowd shots tonight at the Rubber Bowl. Over or under is 500. No. You think it won't be that no, many, right? No, under. I don't think you can get to five. I, I don't think so either. I'm you giving you paid, a generous. Paid, uh, you're talking paid now. I'm talking about actual people attending. No, nah, I don't. There might be a lot of people working the game. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> they don't need anybody for staff the concessions. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, Eastern Michigan goes to Toledo. Toledo favored by nine and a total of 53 and a half. Yes, the Eastern Michigan team coming off a good win against Bowling Green. I think they won that game by 31 or so coming off of a bye. Bowling Green won at Minnesota this year. Think about that. That's, that might be the most astonishing result of the season. But see, you know, I want to go a little sidebar real quickly. That's what goes to Nick Saban's greatness. That's what went to Bobby Bowden's greatness. They never lost games like this. I'm not talking about Bowling Green and comparing uh, Florida State and Alabama to Minnesota. But what I'm saying is when you play teams that are capable of potentially knocking you off or teams that should never even come close, the great coaches never lose those games. The one knock, Urban's the third highest winningest coach in college football history by percentage. He's tremendous. But the one knock I would have on him is Nick Saban never gets blown out by Purdue or Iowa. That's never happening. And that's the same thing you see here. Minnesota loses to Bowling Green. It's inexplicable. Now you've got a team in uh, Eastern Michigan who takes care of business, beats them by 31. They go to the glass bowl tonight against the, uh, uh, against the Rockets here. Mike, I think this number's a little bit high. I think Toledo is a solid football team. I love the way they run the football, well-balanced offense. But I think the Eastern Michigan can keep it uh, close here. By the way, people don't realize this is a rivalry, right? Up and down 75 right there between Ypsilanti and Toledo. About a 30-minute drive. How about the total? Is it a little short? 53 and a half? You know, I have not gotten involved in a lot of Mac games this year. I'm not going to touch this one because Toledo. now. They take the center stage now. This is great marketing. Pac-12 can't get on TV. The Mac dominates it for a, month, a whole month of the f- football season, huh? Li- Limo Larry ruined the Pac-12. Now, now they're bringing a guy from MGM. I think he's going to do a terrific job for them. Uh, we'll see how the thing goes for the league, but it, give the MAC conference a ton of credit. They give the Sun Belt as well. Absolutely. For agreeing to get the TV and get the money and play during the middle of the week. And then the third game tonight, Miami of Ohio 
taking on Ohio. They've been really bad. One Ohio, and seven. Oh, they're really bad. been really bad. I watched that game they played early in the year against Syracuse. The game was almost unwatchable. <laughs> Miami of Ohio minus seven. Total here also a 53 and a half. Yeah, number came down half a point here in terms of the Red Hawks. Uh, excuse me, in terms of the Bobcats. It was at seven and a half. Now it's come down to seven. Miami should be able to really roll these guys offensively. They should be able to flourish against this Ohio team. They can't stop anybody defensively. Ohio's a run-first team, inconsistent in terms of throwing the football. If they fall behind, Red Hawks should be able to name the score. The lesson here is everywhere Frank Solich leaves, tanks. It's a great point. Well, he won a lot of games with that program after Nebraska said 9-3 and three is not good enough for us. You know, you brought up a really good point. Ohio State fired Earl Bruce. He never went less than 9-3. and three. Mm-hmm. And they brought in John Cooper. Ohio State had their first losing season in 30-something years. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener, and some of these programs need to realize that. All right, let's go to the ACC. Uh, Dave Dorn's team, NC State, they go to Tallahassee to take on Florida State. Interesting number here. Wolfpack favored by three on the road, total of 56 them all. All right, I'm telling you right now, Seminoles are winning this game. I, I love what I saw, the competitiveness of that team. Mike Norvell may not be winning games right now, but he's got the kids buying in. They are going to play hard. They're going to beat NC State. You take money line here. I, I would, yes. Okay. Indiana travels to the big house to take on Michigan. Michigan off blowing the lead in East Lansing. Michigan favored by 19 and a half, total of 51. Look, the reality of it is Michigan should win this game handily and dominate this football game, Mike, but I don't know where they are mentally. That was emotionally the toughest loss of the college football season for any team thus far. Clemson goes to Louisville, laying three and a half, Dabo. 45 and a half the total. Um, boy, how can you back? Four now, up to four at DraftKings. I tell you what I like. I like the under 45 and a half. Clemson can't move the football. They just can't. And Louisville is going to have a hard time moving the ball against this Clemson I'm defense. waiting to bet Wake Forest against Clemson. I think Wake Forest will beat Clemson, and they'll be, as Coach Bowden said, they'll be an underdog in that game. I, I can't wait. Uh-huh. They got a chance to beat them outright, absolutely. Because Clemson's not going to score. They I mean, can't Wake, score. And Wake will put up 31 on anyone. Absolutely. I'll tell you. Stay tuned to VEASAN. Up next, it's Betting Across America. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. 